The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. everybody thank you welcome along to episode number 39 of the boys of tech for monday the 19th of october 2009 your hosts are edwin herman and welcome brett king howdy brett it's a it's been a week of data loss really it has it has been a a week of things going pop and disappearing and fizzle (laughs) yeah yes well, first up is the the major one this week that everyone has been talking about, really, and that's the, yep. the data loss associated with the Sidekick handheld devices. These are basically handheld devices that connect up via the T-Mobile uh, network in the US, and the basically all the data is, is held in the cloud by Microsoft. Mm. Yep. And that's what went bang and fizzle and disappeared, the data. Indeed, massive data outage at um, what do they call their cloud thing? Which Danger, is isn't it? yeah, that's right, Microsoft Danger. Yeah, I think they bought a company <laughs> called Danger and they just called it Microsoft Danger. Well, you yeah. know, they were warned. <laughs> There's oh, the name. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be a little, you know, <laughs> something in the name. There's got to be something <laughs> in that name. <laughs> so a lot of people really annoyed. In fact, what was most annoying is that initially they said that it looks like our data loss is kind of irreversible. We can't yep. get it back for you. And that that was kind of hard to swallow as a as a user who's you know, who's put all this data in the cloud. But uh, later on they did come back and say, well actually the good news is we think we've restored most, if not all, of their of our users' data. So yep. it wasn't as bad as it initially sounded, but it's still uh, it was still a an outage. A huge outage impacted, you know, hundreds of thousands of users. And I think one of the most interesting parts about it was that it massively impacted on the sale of Sidekick units. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, didn't T-Mobile stop selling them for a while, I think? Yeah, yeah. They didn't actually stop because they They stopped selling them and the the sales have not picked up. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, well, indeed. That is a heck of a loss of confidence in your device and the, the well, you know, the provider for your device. Absolutely. It's it's a huge PR headache for them. That's Massive for sure. Yeah, headache, yeah. So, uh, you know, it actually sparked a lot of arguments over the net uh, about the cloud, you know, pro-cloud versus anti-cloud yep. debates. <laughs> And yeah. look, you know, to be fair, some people are saying that you know, hey, you know, it's not the cloud's fault. It's it's you know, it's the 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 management of these the system behind it that failed, and that can happen yep, anywhere. But that, yep, but that's that's always going to be the case, isn't it? It is, but I think their argument is that that can happen at home. It can happen with with stuff that's like a device that has data on it. it you know, if that device fails, well, you know, it's the same situation. No, it's not. Because if your home system or your handheld, because it's all kept on your handheld or backed up on your home computer, if that goes, how many people does it affect? Yeah, I know that's true. It only affects you. But 
Yep, uh, it affects you. One person, one thing, one affected party. With this, something which was supposed to be cloud, it's like the entire service disappears and how many people are impacted? Far more. I tell you, I think the biggest and thing- And it can be the same, you know, the same number of people involved. It might be one overzealous sysadmin with the incorrect commands or one completely clueless administrator who's been given the wrong permissions goes and pushes the wrong button and something horrible happens to a large number of people's stuff. Well, it was very embarrassing because when the data loss was noticed, they thought, oh, well, we've got backups because we've been doing regular backups. So they go to the backups and find that the backups hadn't been working. They they hadn't, hadn't test restored. So... That's the embarrassing thing. And I'll tell you, I think the biggest thing, though, as a user, at least, well, I can only speak for myself. If I was a user of this device and this happened to me, the biggest thing is lack of control. You can't, yep. you can't take the device apart. You can't take it into a shop and say, here, rip out the, the memory stick or whatever it is in there, you know, you, if the data was on there locally. You know, you can't yeah. do that. You can't do anything. It's, you're completely at the mercy of Microsoft and T-Mobile. You're completely at the mercy of somebody else. So that was a a huge embarrassment for them. Mm. And uh, as you said, I think it's cost them a lot in sales and and, uh, future reputation. Yes. And it has... It has had a detrimental impact on the the assumption of the cloud and its stuff is safe in the cloud. Yeah, that's true. It has indeed. And, you know, we've... (laughs) It seems to be an ongoing theme, actually, on this show, but... Uh, every now and again, we, we come back to this topic about, you know, the cloud, the pros and cons of the cloud. And, well, yep. uh, as you said, that it certainly has damaged the the reputation of, of the cloud as being the next big thing for everyone. So Yeah, it's just not at that point. No, not yet. That's for sure. And But I tell you what, the, this isn't the only data loss this week. The other big data loss was Apple, wasn't it? Oh, precisely. Uh, doing something silly. How did that get past QA? Well, you've got to really? wonder. What QA? There isn't any more at Apple. They got rid of that division some years ago. <laughs> That's what it seems like. So what, what's actually happened is that people have found that when they upgrade to Snow Leopard, if they first log in after the upgrade into the guest account and then out again, when they log back into the, their standard account, everything gets wiped from that account. Yeah, it's... it's Which what is, is really it? bad. It's, yeah, it's transposing the permissions of a guest account onto their actual accounts so that's right because the the guest accounts are these accounts you can allow other people onto your computer and use and what happens is when you log out of those it deletes and resets everything which is kind of what you want it's actually a useful thing it's a very useful thing for a guest account but but not for your actual account (laughs) no exactly so look i you know i i must have been quite lucky but well well I was going to say, I must have been quite lucky not to have done that. But to be quite honest, I don't know why I would have logged into a guest account straight after the upgrade. But, you know, obviously people did, and it's not their fault. It's Apple's fault. Yep. And they've lost data, and it looks fairly permanent. Yeah, yeah. Unless they've had a time machine, uh, something to have been using a backup service or something like that, then, yeah, they've these people have lost their data permanently. So that's kind of embarrassing. Uh, no, yes, a big embarrassment. So there you go, Apple, Microsoft, T-Mobile. Your data isn't safe. Well, your data's never safe. That is why backups. Yeah, it's it's certainly. (laughs) Let's take a leaf (laughs) not out of T-Mobile and um, Microsoft Danger's book and actually check your backup. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know what? I actually regularly check my backups. 
not because I'm well, I want to not as part of a diligence exercise, simply because every now and again I'll overwrite a file and think, oh man, I that was a mistake, and I go and fetch it back to yep. the previous version. So I end up testing it that way, and you know, but you're right, it's it, you know, backup having backups is one thing. Being able to test and prove that they are actually working is another, and that's the one that Microsoft fell over with. Yeah. But uh, yeah, now this this Apple thing is very embarrassing, and Snow Leopard hasn't gone as smoothly, I don't think, as as Apple had hoped. No. All right, DVD John is back. Have you seen the story there? He's produced a uh, product called Double Twist. Yes. Uh, what is it? It's a new music organizer and um, access to online stores and stuff. That's right. For iPod owners who don't want to use iTunes or iPhoto. That's, yes. that's what it is. So it's a it's a jailbreak, if you like. It is. It, well, you know, kind of. It kind of is. He's done a lot of advertising, actually. He's very sneaky. What he's done is he's even taken out a massive billboard ad and stuck it what looks to be on the side of the Apple Store. In actual fact, it's not on the side of the Apple Store. It's on the side of a uh, train station exit. But uh, when you look down the street, it just looks like it's on the literally on the side of the Apple Store, which is... Yeah. Uh, he's done that <laughs> deliberately, obviously, to rack yeah, them up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Very, very funny. Very cool, in fact. Pretty gutsy, I'll say that. Very gutsy. They did, well, it did get taken down several times and altered stuff by the transit authority who owns the billboard space, but... (laughs) But yeah, yeah. (laughs) in fact, the other thing he did as well was he... He did a spoof of the Apple 1984 ad that depicts IBM as the great Orwellian overlord, and he's basically turned that around on Apple and made Steve Jobs, you know, of Apple, portrayed as, as the big brother uh, in, in a similar <laughs> sort of ad. Mm. So he's having a good jab at them, and in a way, I can see, I can see his point. You know, if you have an iPod, you really can only use iTunes. Yeah, you are very, you are locked into what you can use you to. Are. To put the, the music on and to organize your playlists and your, your media library. You are stuck using using iTunes and it's its way of doing things. Whereas, yeah, he's come up with his software, Double Twist, which allows you to do all of those sorts of things with using your iPod. In fact, you can use all manner of different MP3 devices with Double Twist. And the, the thing that the thing that would stop me from buying from going with this is that there's no guarantee that a firmware upgrade on on my iPod device would would render that useless, like like the uh, you know the jailbreaks for the iPhone. Oh well, there is that risk, but um, he's got a lot of uh, backers behind his Double Twist software. Some pretty big players in there, so I would say that uh, he would be keeping on top of those firmware lockdowns. If Apple tries to produce a firmware that locks it down again, then as he's done in the past with all manner of things. He is a reverse engineer. He will make his double twist work again. Have you actually, have you seen this t-shirt that says reverse engineer and reverse letters? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, so there you go. That's double twist. Uh, you can check it out at, I think, is it doubletwist.com? It is doubletwist.com. Uh, now, when the web was born in CERN, Tim Berners-Lee, uh, the guy behind it actually, he came up with the URL format where you go like HTTP colon slash slash blah blah blah, and he, he he's come out and said, "I'm sorry, man. I'm really sorry for those double slashes. They are unnecessary, <laughs> <laughs> and they are, aren't they? If you think about it, yeah, they they don't mean anything. They don't do anything anymore. No, I'm they sure serve he, no purpose. 
Yeah, I'm sure he had something in mind for them when they were created. Because you could just it go. Never eventuated. <laughs> no, because you could just go HTTP colon dub 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 dot whatever. Precisely. <laughs> like like the mail two tag, you know, like mail like two. Mail doesn't two. Have, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have yeah. slash. So he said, "I'm sorry, man. I'm really well. Actually, he's British. So it'll be. I'm so sorry. But yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, you know, it's extra time, extra printing, extra paper for nothing. Yep, he has admitted that in his uh, in his apology. He must feel really bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more tongue-in-cheek apology, really. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. still, very funny. It is. And uh, look, actually, it, it makes you think, though, because it's one of those things, and, you know, I have actually thought about this before. W- you know, why are those slashes there? It's just I never pursued that question. But uh, obviously there's no answer to that. It, they're there because, well, someone decided they should be there, but they serve yep. no purpose. Yep, they serve no purpose. But there's nothing stopping browsers, though, is there, interpreting a URL without the double slashes? They could all start. Well, everyone could start doing that. And can even well, put most a, browsers in, interpret the address without having anything in the front of the dub dub dub. Well, that's true. Actually, I just tried Safari, and you can go HTTP colon and a website. Yeah. You should try but Firefox. I would hazard. I would hazard a guess to say that most people wouldn't even bother putting the HTTP part in. Well, no, that's true. You you probably wouldn't, <laughs> unless it's an HTTPS. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. If it's just HTTP, you just fire away from dub dub dub, or even just the domain these days. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was short and sweet. Uh, moving on. Here's here's a common sense one. A judge has decided that ringtones are not performances, and so they don't deserve any royalties. Huzzah! Yay! At Congratulations, last. Judge, for for having common sense and for seeing for seeing right. Oh man, can you see? You can just see the the, the music industry saying, so, you know, every time a phone rings and plays a song, we want our ten cents worth. Oh, like, <laughs> Precisely, That's it starts to get hilarious, hilariously. You know, just way out there. What are they smoking? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this is a good common sense. Uh, you know. Good common sense thing. If your phone has some annoying song on it, as lots of them do, you don't need to pay ro- don't need to pay royalties, and neither does the network that you're on have to pay royalties for performance because it's not a public performance. And can I just add, by the way, if you're whistling a song in the shower, you don't need to pay royalties for that either, because that's not yep. a performance. No, and if you are singing happy birthday to your kids in the park, then you don't have to pay royalties for that either. It's not a public performance. Oh, thank goodness for that. Because <laughs> after all the birthdays I've had, I'd be in debt for quite a, you know, quite a bit. Oh, indeed. Everybody would. <laughs> yeah. There's some common sense there in the system somewhere. Yep. There are still some people with some common sense in this, <laughs> in the, the music madness. Absolutely. All righty. Well, that'll keep the music industry at bay for a little bit at least. And hey, now, have you seen the new 2010 Olympic medals? I have seen some pictures of them. They look pretty funky. They are very funky. They're not flat for a start. Yep. They're all wavy as if they're, you know, ripples on the water. It's pretty neat. I really like them. I, they're really yeah. neat. This is for the Vancouver 2010 games. Yep. They're also green though, aren't they? Yes. They are a lot more environmentally friendly than your regular medals. They are made from recycled electronic components. Hey, so that's a good sign, isn't it? 
Yeah. It's more of a token gesture than than actually making a difference, obviously, because, oh, uh, you know. Yeah, but, precisely. But it, it's, it, it's, it's a token gesture. It's it's a political statement. It's a statement, yeah. yeah. For the, the Olympic Games, the Olympic Games are green and they're looking at the, you know, being green in all those different aspects that they can be green in, including the production of the medals. So that's kind of nice. I, I like these stories. I'd, yeah. li- I'd like one of the medals too. I would love to have one of the medals. They are really cool looking. Very shiny. <laughs> yeah, they are. All we need to do is get podcasting in the Olympic Games. Here's <laughs> <is> our challenge. <laughs> well, you know, if they can get the Rugby Sevens in the Olympic Games. Yeah, well, you've got to wonder, actually. There's some games that, to, to me, I don't, uh, the team games don't really seem to be, I don't know why, but they just don't seem Olympic to me. To me, Olympics is either either individual or, or you know, pairs, you know, or things like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. cycling teams of, of four, I think it is. But, you know, not yep. not like a, a, a field sport where you have Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's, seven, it's always ten, been more eleven, about that individual achievement. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know why they include those, but. Yeah. I don't know. You know, in 2012, you never know. There might be competitive podcasting or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> competitive tiddlywinks. <laughs> you, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> All right, now, some, last story for this week. Uh, someone's done a, a little comparison between Windows 7 and Snow Leopard, so we thought we'd give you the inside story. Just to cut to the chase, though, before we give you the details, it looks kind of even, Stevens. I mean, Windows wins out in certain areas and Snow Leopard wins out in other areas. Yeah. Uh, so where does uh, who, do, who does what better? Well, multitasking, shutdown time, boot time, and iTunes encoding is all better on a Mac. Uh, yeah. Sometimes by just a hairline, but uh, actually, interestingly, though, the, the multimedia multitasking part is actually quite a bit ahead on the Mac. But when it comes to, this is interesting, when it comes to the Cinebench R10 benchmark for performance. Yeah, for uh, 3D performance. Sorry, yeah. yeah, for 3D performance. Yeah, Windows 7 kind of beats it. But having said that, it's also it's by a hairline. <laughs> no, 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 it's a hairline. It, it's have a look at the scale. It's 5,777 versus 5,437. So the graph's a bit misleading the way it is. That's miles. Miles? Miles. Miles and miles. What's that? It's less than 10%. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's still ahead. So interestingly, for uh, for 3D performance, Windows 7 64-bit is U1. Well, it does look that way. But, you know, the caveat for that what is that the, the, the person who did these testings did test it all on a MacBook. Oh, really? Yes. The, the platform for testing, it was a MacBook. So it is all hardware designed around supporting Mac OS X. So but then what's designed for Windows? Nothing's designed there. for Windows, though, is it? Well, anything else generic. <laughs> I guess but, but the Mac's just generic these days, to- isn't it? It's, it's just Intel. I mean, you could well build a computer that ends up being exactly the same as what Apple put in. Yeah. Now, what about frame rates for things like games? Frame rates for things like games? Windows 7. Windows 7. What are the scores? 26.3 for, for Windows? Yep. Versus, what, 21.2 for the Mac? Yep. So Windows is significantly better in that yeah, area. It is. And what's mm. the last one? Battery life. And that's where the Mac OS X wins for that one. Yeah, 111 minutes versus 77. So, yeah. So there's a little yeah. quick and dirty rundown of uh, yeah. of the two. 
I th- I still think the the hardware probably had an impact on that because uh, do you think Windows so? yeah because Mac OS X because of the way that apples do their things they've got their their hardware and it's very specific hardware in their machines all set up in specific ways and then OS is designed to have all the drivers and all that sort of stuff for their specific hardware right so that it runs on them whereas Windows Windows is designed around running on almost any combination of anything. And so it's got all kinds of stuff in there. But uh, so, would, the, would the fact that it's Apple hardware disadvantage Windows? Um, because surely it's got all By default, of- I would say yes. You'd need to tweak it. As anybody who's installed Windows knows, you, once you've installed Windows, then comes the part of tweaking your Windows install to work properly with all of your hardware to get the best performance out of it, I'd say there'd probably be a little bit less of that with Mac OS X on Mac hardware. Yeah, they did. he did actually say that for the performance settings, he's set it to the let Windows choose what's best for my computer setting. Mm. So I don't know if, uh, I, I guess you could have tweaked it more than, I don't know, but yeah, you know, it's a quick and dirty rundown. Mm. But still comparatively equivalent, really. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, you could probably fairly say that. Mm. There's not put it. There's not a. There's not a mile between them. Really. No, no. The the Windows edges out if you're wanting to run games and do a lot of 3D performance stuff. And for just generic, more sort of things, you've got the the Mac OS X just nudging ahead a little better. I've heard a lot of good things about Windows Seven, so. And in fact, I know you're hanging out for an upgrade because you're getting more and more frustrated with your Vista machine. Oh, indeed. This this Vista monstrosity, which is clogging up my otherwise perfect machine, is really starting to annoy me. That sounds like it was starting to become the bane of your life when I was talking to you earlier. <laughs> well, you know, if you want to do more than one thing at a time, does get a little tedious. <laughs> oh no, that's like most of the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, and looks- who wants to be able to switch from one application to another ah. and then have the other application actually respond? Oh, that's asking for a bit much, isn't it? Come on, let's be oh, fair and precisely. reasonable here. Precisely. <laughs> this day and age, hardware, modern hardware, they're not designed for multitasking. <laughs> all right, I think that's going to wrap up our show, episode number 39. That's pretty much all we have this week, isn't it? That is. Is there nothing else you want to bring up? Uh, no, no, it's been relatively slow and everything else. So let's wrap up the show. That's pretty much episode number 39 wrapped up. Thank you very much for joining us. Brett, thank you for hosting the show with me. Oh, always a pleasure, Edwin. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you very much, everyone else, for joining us. We'll see you all again next week for episode number 40. Till then, take care. Bye-bye.